Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. You are the Lord of heaven and earth. As we open your word, we pray that you will speak to us through this time in your word. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're actually going to be hitting a few verses and a few chapters, but let's, uh, let's anchor ourselves in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 13 through 16. Familiar passage for us. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You don't have to turn here, but I also want to read from Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus says this, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. For about six months now, I've had a particular word kind of churning in my heart. And that word is the word impact. The definition of, if you look up impact in the dictionary, you'll find two meanings to the word impact. One is a, the act or force of one thing hitting another. Or, secondly, a powerful or major influence or effect. Now, when it comes to human interaction, I think those two definitions actually intertwine together. Because in a sense, we're all kind of bouncing against each other. Not literally, hopefully. But we're kind of bouncing and, and banging against one another in the sense of influence affecting the trajectory of our lives the influence of other people bounce into us and affect the transaction or tra uh, tra tragic, whoa, trajectory. I lost that word. It just left. The trajectory of our lives. Major influences like our parents or good, good friends or that particular coach in school or teacher in school, major influences uh, can have a significant impact on our lives and the direction of our lives, the attitude we have, the thinking process, the actions we take. But you know, even small interactions, even small impact can have a, an effect on us. A, a small interaction can put a smile on our face for the day. Or it can ruin our day. The great Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Story, or It's a Wonderful Life, 
shows the impact of one life. George Bailey thinks that the world would have been better off had he never been born. And if you've seen the movie, you know the story. Clarence the angel gives him the chance to see what the world would have been like had he never existed. And he got to see the different ways his life impacted other lives and the vast difference it would have made had he never been born. The trajectory of our lives have been affected more by the impact of other people than we realize. And our lives have affected the have impacted the trajectory of other people's lives more than we think and more than we realize. Now, biblically, there are three types of spiritual impact our lives can have on others. Three kinds of spiritual impact our lives can have on other people. There can be a bad impact, a spiritually bad impact. This week in the news, we know that uh, a jury found, uh, uh, arrived at a guilty verdict against Ghislaine Maxwell, rightfully so. But when you think about the impact of her life and Jeffrey Epstein's life working together on young women, the damage, the abuse, the harm that they impacted young lives with that will never get over that, never be able to unwind that, bad impact. There are people who leave this world worse, worse than they found it. They leave the world worse than they found it. They leave a legacy of deceit and damage and harm. Jesus calls that bad fruit. Bad fruit. So there's bad impact. There's also no impact. That may be hard to believe and, and there's obviously no absolute no impact, but there is a life that has little or no effect on those around them. When, when someone chooses to stay uninvolved and unconnected and, 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 and just free from risking putting it out there, they may avoid the risk of getting hurt. They may avoid the risk of having their lives inconvenienced by other people. But they also risk leaving no footprint behind them in their lives. And there's something sad. There's something very empty about a life that doesn't have any lasting impact. Doesn't make much of a difference. There's a poem that uh, describes this kind of a life. The poem says this, There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang or prayed. And when one day he passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never really died. No impact is salt that isn't salty. Light that doesn't shine. Fruit tree that doesn't bear fruit. And then finally, there's good impact. And as Christians, there's something in our hearts, isn't there, that wants to leave a good impact? We want to leave a good footprint. We want to bear good fruit. We want to have a good spiritual impact on those around us. God put that desire in our hearts. So on this first Sunday 
of 2022, we are starting a series called Bracing for Impact. Bracing for Impact. But it's not a brand new topic. This is not like, oh, I'm going to hear things I've never heard before. I don't want this to be a case of you're hearing things you've never heard before. This is a continuation, not only of what we've been looking at, for the last several months, but really, hopefully, all these years. Jesus came to make an impact. It's why He came. He came to impact this world. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That is impact on a massive eternal scale. He came to seek and save the lost. Impact. Romans chapter 5 tells us that God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Impact. Love of God impacting this world through Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Impact. He didn't do it to promote a book. He didn't do it to promote a concept. He did it to impact lives. Real lives where they live right now, right here throughout history. That's why Jesus came. And then we looked in the fall at the Holy Spirit. And Jesus left the Holy Spirit not to give us like goosebumps and great feelings, or even to give us a great service. He came to impact the world. To give us power to be witnesses throughout the world. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to impact the world with this beautiful gospel message we have been given as a church. And then last Sunday, we looked at the power of the gospel and how that power is, was never meant to be just localized and, and kept in a room. It was meant to grow outward in ever-growing concentric circles. The power of God. The gospel, Paul writes, is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. That power rippling out in ever-increasing concentric circles. The ongoing ministry of Jesus Christ and the Gospel of Jesus Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit through the church. So I submit to you why you will not find the word impact in the Bible. The concept is everywhere in the Bible. And so when Jesus gives us metaphors of salt and light and fruit, He's speaking of impact. Salt impacts in two ways. It flavors and it preserves. Light impacts darkness by doing away with it. Light overcomes the darkness. And fruit impacts, for good or for bad, by bearing more fruit of the same. Good fruit bears good fruit. Bad fruit bears more bad fruit. So here's where I want to land this morning. Jesus says to all those who follow Him, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I want to begin by encouraging us all that light and salt is something we are before it's something we do. 
It is something we are before it is something we do. Jesus doesn't say you need to be salt. He says you are salt. Jesus doesn't say you need to be light. He says you are light. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to begin this morning by encouraging you that your life is salt and light. That you are impacting people around you, probably in ways you can't even see. Because I'm aware that the title for this series, Bracing for Impact, could carry the implication, could come off sounding like I'm saying, okay guys, you haven't been making an impact, now it's time to make an impact. And that is far from where my heart is at. That is not at all what I am trying to say in this. I want to underline, you are making an impact. Your life is. Your life is. If we don't, if we don't start with that beautiful realization that you are salt, you are light, it's who you are, by the grace of God, by the work of the Lord, then we get into a performance mentality and we begin to think, I need to do more. I need to do more to have bigger impact. I need to, I'm, not, I'm not having a big enough impact. I'm not this. I'm not that. I need to do more. I need to do this. And that is exhausting and that is discouraging. So your life is making an impact for Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, your life has made an impact on this church. Your life has made an impact on me. Your life has made an impact on people around you. Your life has made an impact on people you, that are nowhere near this room, but, and you may not even know it. But thank you. Thank you for the impact you're having. You are salt. You are light. Your life is touching many lives. Sometimes when we think of the word impact, we think of something that has to be huge and dramatic. But a lot of the most most important impacts in life are small, little daily incremental things that happen and accumulate over a long period of time. Which is why often we don't know the impact we're having because it's small, it's incremental. Or we don't know the impact someone else is having on us because it's small and it's incremental. But it's some of the smallest you know, we just had Christmas and they say some of the best things are come in small packages, right? Try convincing your kids of that. They go right to the biggest package. But some of the biggest and best impacts come in small packages. They really do. In little ways. In little ways. To use the metaphor of salt, a little goes a long way. When I was in Bible school, there was an older single woman who decided she wanted to take up guitar. And so she asked if I would give her guitar lessons once a week. Um, And she didn't have any money. So she said, listen, I will cook you a home-cooked meal in exchange for 30 minutes of guitar lesson. And you know, when you're in Bible school, you don't get too many home-cooked meals. So so I gave her her first lesson, you know, and... uh, And then we sat down to her home-cooked meal. And I picked up the salt shaker, and I went to put a little salt on, and the cap came off. And pretty much everything in the salt shaker arrived on the top of my food. And she had only made enough. She didn't make enough for 
there to be like seconds or anything. So I'm trying to scrape salt off the food. It, it ruined the dinner. It ruined the dinner. I also don't remember ever giving her a second guitar lesson, but that, that may be a different, I don't think it was because of the salt, but a little salt goes a long ways. In my opinion, the Christian witness doesn't need to pour Jesus on too heavy. We don't need to pour Jesus on so heavy, if you know what I mean. We want to be open. We want to be unashamed of our witness for Jesus, that we are followers of Jesus, that we love Jesus, that He is our Savior. People should know in our lives, they should know we are Christians. If they don't know we're Christians, then they don't understand the light and they don't understand any salt because Jesus is the one who's made us salt and light. They should see our faith shining and salting in everything we do. But we're not looking to blind people with the light. And we're not looking to choke people with the salt. When people know you're a Christian and see that you're dependable, that they can count on you, that when you say you're going to do something, you do something, when they see that, it's salt and it's light. And when they can count on you, when they see that you care, when they see maybe you forgive someone who's offended you, in all of that, they see little glimpses of Jesus in that. And they may not know it's Jesus, but if they know you're a believer, they associate that and they, it's salt to them. It's light to them. Maybe you're in an office where the culture is toxic and people are gossiping and everything, and you are one who speaks graciously and kindly about other people. That's salt. That's light. They're seeing Jesus in you. And you don't have to overwhelm them with that salt. People see you treat your, treat your, your spouse, your kids, your family with respect, with love, with consideration. It's salt. It's light. Maybe a coworker. Or a neighbor is going through a hard time and you say, listen, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I want you to know I'm praying for you. And they may not even believe prayer works. They may not even think prayer is a thing. But something in their heart is touched by that and encouraged by that and drawn to that. It's salt and it's light. You are salt and light. I want to give a special encouragement to moms and dads, especially those with younger kids. You are salt and light. You are having an impact on your kids' lives more than you know, probably more than they know right now. Okay? Don't expect and don't be discouraged if your kids don't get up at dinner and say, hey, before we eat this delicious dinner that mom has once again so graciously provided for us, I would like to say something about how wonderful my mom and dad are and honor them for the impact they're making on my life. Please don't be discouraged if your kids aren't doing that every other night. Okay? More than likely, they're standing up saying, are we having chicken again? I'm sick of chicken. Can I at least have ice cream after dinner? We never have ice cream. And you think, man, 
Am I having an impact? The day will come when they will realize the impact you've had, mom and dad. And days come like that, but don't be discouraged that some days you feel like you're not having an impact. They may not show that you're having an impact. And you know what? This all is wrapped up in the fact that I'm assuming that you are making mistakes as a parent. That you are not perfect as a parent. Join the club. But you, as you try to point them to Jesus, as you try to put the Word of God in their heart, as you try to model godliness to them, you are having such an impact on their lives. So please be encouraged. This series isn't about implying you aren't having an impact. That's not where it's coming from. It's not about a performance mindset. Let's work harder, guys. Let's have an impact. It's also not, because it's a new year, it's the day after New Year's, you know, it's also not meant to pump up our pride. Believe in yourself, guys. You are awesome. You are amazing. Let's go do it. It's not a rah-rah message. Like, let's, let's take this world. What are your resolutions? Let's go out. And it's not that. I'm not looking to pump up anybody's pride in our, you know. So let me share with you why I think this message and this word has been churning in my heart. The reason I think it is there. I think one of the reasons that this message of impact that we're going to be looking at is churning in my heart is because I, I, don't, I don't think the church is having the kind of impact in the world that Jesus intends for it to have. This message isn't meant to discourage us and say we got to get out there and have more. It's meant to link our arms together in faith as people of God, as children of God. To link our arms in faith and say, God, would You do greater things in us? Would You have a greater impact in this world through us, through us individually, through us as a church? Would You do more in us? Because I believe the Lord's desire is to do that to God. It's a prayer more than anything that God will impact our lives and our church in bigger ways so that our lives and our church impacts people and the community in bigger ways. I don't see the church having the kind of, and I'm just being honest, I don't see the church having the kind of impact on the world today that I think Jesus intended. It might be different in different countries, but if at this point, if this point in history, all right, if we were to drop into this point in history, and if this point in history was a Rocky Balboa movie, this is the point where Rocky is getting punched and beaten, and he's falling down, but he's able to get up just before the count is counted, and he's, but he's swaggering and he's swooning and he's, and he's bloody and he's tired, and, the, uh, and his opponent is like, not even winded, and he's revving up the crowd, and the ref is just ready to call the, the boxing match. That's the point where it feels to me, and you can disagree with me, but that's the point that it feels like the church is at in the world. It's, it's like we're getting our lights punched out in so many ways. The church 
at least in America, isn't impacting as much as it's being impacted. Statistics show that for the most part, again, I, I'm, this is American, maybe other countries, probably I'm sure other countries are seeing it differently, but statistics show for the most part, churches are not growing through salvations. A lot of church growth today is just Christians moving from one church to another. And, and that's not necessarily wrong. That's not necessarily wrong. But transfer growth isn't kingdom growth. It means the church is stagnating more than it's impacting. If people aren't coming to Christ and faith in Christ, it's not having the impact that Jesus came for, the Holy Spirit was given for, and the Gospel was given for. I think many in the church is also, are also reeling as people who once seemed to be strong Christians had a strong confession of faith are struggling with doubts and disillusionment about the church. And the church is to blame for a lot of that. I get that. The church has made some serious mistakes. And then others are simply walking away from not only the church, but from Jesus Christ. Deconstructing in the sense of I'm done with Christ. I'm done with my faith in Jesus Christ. And that should hurt our hearts. That should not be something that we just look at and say, okay. These things should hurt our hearts. And yes, it does say that the church hasn't had the impact it's had because there are some issues that church needs to deal with. And I'm talking about in general, though it's certainly not, we're not exempt. But I believe that there is also a spiritual force at work that seems to be right now, Rocky Balboa movie, impacting people much more deeply, much more powerfully than the gospel and the church and Jesus Christ. To answer this and to be relevant in our culture, some churches get super woke and other churches develop a us against them mentality where they're antagonistic to the culture and isolated. When it comes to some of the very real issues we're dealing with of the day, Christians can get as caught up as anyone in the arguments and debates and generate more heat than light. I'm not done. In my own life, I am discouraged at times by how little I talk about Jesus to people who don't know Jesus. How little I talk about my faith and share my faith. It's not where I want to land. And some of that might be because we feel this cultural push that is away from Christ and more than ever, we may be judged as certain things if we speak the name of Christ. Maybe you feel that way too about 
I'm not telling people about Jesus the way I should. And I don't mean that as a guilt thing. I mean it's like I long to. It's what the Lord's... It's, it's like a, a house is burning. People are inside it. We want to go help. We've got the message that gets them out of the burning house. It's Jesus Christ. It's that. It's not our politics. It's not our views on this. It's that and the next thing. It's Jesus Christ. The house is burning. The only salvation is Jesus Christ. The church is rocky. We're getting punched around the ring. It looks like it's all over. A lot of people have already called the fight. The church is down. It's irrelevant. It's unimportant. The Gospel is out of date. It doesn't apply anymore. It has no relevance to real people's lives. But in our hearts, there is an ember of faith, I hope. I pray. I believe. There is an ember of faith that says God is not done yet with the church or with this world. God is not down and out. And there is, I believe, a, an impact coming to this world from God from His power that will reverse the Rocky movie. Rocky's going to get up. We know that. And God is not out for the count. God is not out for the count. God isn't done, and He sure isn't out. Brace for impact. I believe God is going to do something great. I make no predictions about this year. It's going to be good. It's going to be bad. We're going to see this. We're going to see that. No predictions. Except this. God is going to be faithful, but I want us to link our arms together in faith and pray that God in His faithfulness will make a greater impact in this world for the Gospel and for Jesus Christ than we've seen in a long time. That's what I'm asking for. Then it's up to God. It's up to God what His will and purpose and power and timing are. But that we ask God and we believe God to impact the world yet again with the Gospel of Jesus, the power of the Spirit, the power of the Gospel, and that He uses us for that. To impact lives. And here's why I'm believing this. Because God loves this tired old world. He loves people. And ultimately, this is about God's love for people. That's what it's about. And we are His agents for bringing the Word of life. The Word of eternal life. Let's believe that God will use that in a fresh way to impact lives. I'm going to bring this in for a landing now. Um, and these, these are just kind of beginning thoughts. And I'm hoping that you will join with me in this. This isn't meant to be. This is just like, Lord, we want to take the desire and the prayer for impact and move it into action initiatives. Things that will... That, so that we're not just doing the same things, hoping for different results in the new year. We are bracing for impact. Both impact to us and impact through us. So here's a couple of what I'm going to call impact initiatives I'd like to encourage us to take up in this year. And I think there may be more. God might use you to introduce some initiative 
that God will use to make an impact. It might be something for you personally that I feel like I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to step out in this way. It might be something we as a church take up together and link arms to it. But the desire is to make gospel impact in this world. But here's just a couple of thoughts I want to encourage us. The first and most important thing is praying for impact. Praying for impact. We're going to spend an entire sermon on that next Sunday. Praying for impact. Prayer is the church's power room. If there is no prayer, there is no power. Power Prayer is the power of the church. It's when we call upon God to do what God can do. So as a church, I want us to try two new things. Um, they may work out and they may not as far as timing and practical. Prayer will work out. Amen? All right. Are you with me? All right. We're going to try some new things. So, uh, and some things may have to be adjusted as we go. But I want to try some new things rather than just let's go into the year and do the same thing. Here's a couple things I want us to try. If they don't work out, that's okay. Failure's okay. But we want to find new ways. The burden is praying for impact. That we pray for impact. That prayer becomes a bigger part. And we are believing in prayer for God to do great things this year. The first thing I want us to try is to turn Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 9.45, 15 minutes into a prayer time in this room. Which means the band has to be done by 9.30, which is a miracle. I mean, if we can do that, the tech guys have to be kind of done with whatever. And then we're just going to, those who can come in a little bit early, just come in here. You can quietly pray in your seats. You can walk. I like to walk when I'm praying. You can, we'll have the microphone on if you want to pray a public prayer. But we're going to be praying for God to meet His people. And God to save souls. God to save people who don't know Jesus. That's going to be a big prayer burden, I pray, for us this year. That we don't just want to see um, growth through people moving here from other churches. And again, that's, there's nothing unhealthy and people leave here. I think we've grown several churches uh, through our, our work by people leaving here. That happens. There's no problem with that. Unless it's wrong, but there's no problem. I'm kind of getting off script here. But uh, we want to see people come to the kingdom. Come to faith in Christ. Born into the kingdom through faith in Christ. That's what we want to see more of. So 9.30 to 9.45 right here. We'll wrap up by 9.45 because it's really important that we get a chance to greet people and, and welcome visitors and all that sort of thing. So Put that on your calendar. I know that for some that you're not going to be able to do that, but I encourage you to consider coming out here 9.30 in the morning for prayer. Just 15 minutes of us praying together. In the service, we want to begin to take time for praying for people. And uh, uh, an idea that Down Alicia mentioned from a previous church is that we begin to pray for maybe two or three families in the midst of the service. Not a long prayer, not a, not a highly detailed prayer, but a prayer of blessing and provision and protection over families in this church. If you have a timely need, you had something going on, just let us know and we can lift that up in prayer together as well. And then finally, I'd like to see us have prayer teams where at the end of a service, we have more opportunity for people who want to linger and pray or be prayed for. And so if you have a heart for prayer and you have a heart for people, consider becoming a part of that prayer team. 
where people would come up, nothing flashy. We are not looking to do something, you know, where we're, people are falling, we're, you know, but praying for one another, ministering to one another, because we are living real lives. People are living real lives, and they need prayer. And we want to have opportunity for that prayer. So those are three things I want us to try. Um, let's work together on that. Share with me your ideas, ideas, adjustments, whatever. Um, another thing I want to encourage are impact testimonies. All right, testimonies. And by the way, when I say impact, don't think huge. Testimonies are an amazing, awesome way to impact people's faith. When you share how God met you in something, how God provided when you needed provision, how God spoke to your heart some word of encouragement, how God used you to speak to someone about the Lord, how God met a need, whatever it is, those testimonies impact people's faith in a positive way. When we, when we don't share them, we're missing opportunity to impact one another by sharing the goodness of God. So we want to just make room for that in the service. Um, so we want to make that opportunity. If you have a testimony, and again, don't look for some huge thing. It might be a small way, but you've seen God impact your life or God use you to impact someone else's life or God minister some kind of grace to you. Say, hey, I'd like to share. Keep it to two or three minutes. You know, shorter is, is more powerful. Keep it short, but keep it from the heart. And finally, to kind of add to that, I also think it'd be kind of fun every now and then, instead of impact testimonies, that we have implosion testimonies where, you know, maybe you step out to do something and it goes completely sideways and it goes completely wrong. And you try to share your faith with somebody or you pray, you know, and something goes wrong. Those are encouraging, too, because we all have those moments. Amen. And so it's not all about just, hey, let's just share the successes. Sometimes it can be encouraging to hear, I tried this, it failed, but I survived and God is with me. So you can, too. Implosion testimonies. Let's ask God in His power and grace to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way upon His people. That this world would feel the power and the impact of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of Christ, the sovereignty of Christ, in a fresh way. That the church would be a light again. And that those who are struggling with discouragement, disillusionment, doubt, would find fresh faith. Even that some who have walked away from the faith would be drawn back with tender cords of love. And that those who do not know the Lord whom God loves so very much, would come to know His love in a very real way. Let's ask God to do that, and let's ask God to use us, amen, to be a part of that. Let's pray together.
sovereign God. There is no limit to your power. Your hands are not tied. You are not down for the count. You're not even winded. So we come to you in faith. But Lord, in history, there have been times when your church has been stronger and times when your church has been weaker. We pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit upon your church, not just this church, Lord. This isn't about Grace Community Church. This is about your kingdom. Pour out your spirit in a fresh way, Lord. Rock this world yet again with the power of the gospel. Let people see. Let people's lives be changed. Let them find rescue in Christ. Let them find hope in Christ. Let them find radical change for their lives in Jesus. And Lord, we pray as you impact, we pray that you use us as well. Here we are. We are a small church. But Lord, we ask that you would use us, Lord, individually, but also corporately, that we would link arms together in a fresh way this year to be your hands and your feet, to make a difference. Lord, to share our faith and entrust you to draw hearts to faith in Christ. We ask that our love for one another would grow. That our faith in you would grow. That our boldness would grow. That our prayer life would grow. And we ask this, Lord, for your glory, for your namesake, and for the love of people. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want this to be a two-way dialogue as we go through the year. Um, if the Lord puts something on your heart, I want you to share it with us. Come to, come to us and let us know if we can be praying together. We are the church. We are a family. And whatever God does, He's going to do through us. So please, if God speaks something to your heart, you know, maybe we'll be able to do it, maybe not, but please share it, okay? So you God bless. Have a great first week of 2022. Let's believe God for good things. And we'll see you next Sunday. No community groups this week. Take care.